0: Welcome home. This is Audio XP for the 30th of November 2019, and the title of this episode is The Lord of the Rings Dies and China Takes on Batman. If this is your first Audio EXP, then let me quickly tell you what to expect. We will talk RPG news, comic books, and geeky movies. Wizards of the Coast, the publishers of Dungeons and Dragons, have had a busy week. And so we're going to talk a lot about them, but first, let's hear about those headlines. Out of the blue, Cubicle 7 cancelled the One Ring. That was their excellent The Lord of the Rings RPG. What makes the news even more surprising was that they had not only announced a second edition which was due in 2020, but they'd also finally won the rights to call it The Lord of the Rings RPG. Cubicle 7 says that... Contractual differences arose with their partner, Sophisticated Games. I've reached out to Sophisticated Games, but have not yet had a response. Here's the thing. I cannot believe the contract was not signed and sealed. If Cubicle 7 had lost their minds and announced a second edition of the One Ring without Sophisticated Games' approval, and the license, as far as I understand it, is with Sophisticated Games then the project would have been stopped months ago, back when that announcement was made. It would have ended when the second edition was first mentioned in error. That did not happen. There must have been a point in time at which both Cubicle 7 and Sophisticated Games were happy with the forthcoming Lord of the Rings RPG and the finances around it. I suppose Sophisticated Games might have had the cost of holding onto their license ramped up and perhaps they tried to pass that cost on to cubicle 7 who couldn't afford it well it's all speculation and we might never know what we do know is that this will be expensive for cubicle 7 it's not just that because cubicle 7 no longer has the money that they've been counting on for the second edition they will never have money from the, the one ring rpg ever again they're walking away from the project and that's one of the reasons why they're offering refunds of 125% on pre-orders if you take it in in-store credit. Cupicle 7 now need to sell a lot of their other lines. And those other lines are mainly Warhammer projects. Yes, they do have the Doctor Who RPG, and they made it clear at the UK Gaming Expo this, this year that a second edition was being worked on, but they were being cautious about it as they did not want to take on too much work. Perhaps that will change now. The Age of Sigmar RPG, Soulbound, is much closer to being finished. And they were also given the Warhammer 40k RPG, Wrath and Glory, in another surprise move. So as long as Games Workshop likes what they're doing, I hope Cubicle 7 will be okay. I do wonder whether or not they need a popular game of their own making though. Surely having a product line that's not a license and cannot be revoked will give Cubicle 7 some security. Well, wow, that's easier said than done though, isn't it? The Batman story is just as weird. On social media, some people in China express concerns that Batman was backing protesters in Hong Kong. DC had posted a cover of the Golden Child story, The Future is Young, with a close-up of Batman throwing a Molotov cocktail on Instagram. The Golden Child, in this case, is not an underrated movie with Eddie Murphy, but is Superman and Wonder Woman's incredibly powerful child. However, in China, there were concerns that Golden Child was a reference to the yellow worn in previous protests and that the future is young is a reference to the students currently on the streets in Hong Kong. And why is Batman throwing a Molotov cocktail? If you ask me, Batman is more than willing to make use of whatever weapon he needs and is available at the time. However, DC removed the post. And now by appearing to remove a Batman cover... In response to complaints on Chinese social media platforms, DC has now been accused of pandering to the Chinese. It's a tricky situation for any multinational to be in. What I can say, though, is that the deleted cover was captured by the internet before it vanished. And if you want to pop over to see it, then follow the links in the show notes or visit Geek Native to take a look. Right, I said Wizards of the Coast had been in the news themselves. So let's start with their own controversy. This week's drama is centred around a novel. The Magic the Gathering story, War of the Spark Forsaken, came out recently and it features the fiery planeswalker Chandra Nala. Chandra Nala is often used in Magic the Gathering promo art as it's a chance to show off a powerful woman dramatically throwing waves of fire at her foes. Uh, if you sit and watch the header the Geeknata's Facebook page for a while, you will see a picture of her drawn by Brad Rigney appear in the montage. In Magic the Gathering's backstory, Chanter has long been in a relationship with another woman, the planeswalker Nissa Rivani. This LGBT aspect of the character, something that was so important to many of her fans, seemed to have been erased from history by Forsaken when she was described as a heterosexual who liked big-muscled manly men. Some readers don't care what the sexuality of their characters in fantasy books are. For others, it matters a lot. Fantasy stories are reflections of our lives. Fiction works as magic because it creates a feeling of empathy from the readers to the characters and the stories. Changing this vital aspect of Chandra upset many. Other readers just wanted consistency. Wizards acknowledged this and apologised. The RPG news from Wizards of the Coast is not without controversy either. What's happened? There's yet another playtest expansion of D&D 5e, and this time Wizards of the Coast are testing rules for psionics and psychics. There are class options for fighters, rogues and wizards in the shape of the psychic warrior, the soul knife and the arcane in tradition. So why is this controversial? Well, imagine a scale. On one side you have the physically strong classes like fighter and barbarian, And on the other end, you have the physically weak classes like Wizards and Sorcerer. The physically weak classes get access to magic and arcane abilities, and so the classes balance. One common concern is that psionics disrupt this. A psychic warrior is a strong and tough fighter who has easy access to magic-like powers. It's just called something else, psionics. Hey, fighter, did you have to study for those powers and collect rare ingredients and never have the time or the physical strength to wear heavy armour? No? You're just special and you can attack people from 20 feet away with the strength of your mind. Look, look, some gamers love psionics in their fantasy setting. It adds a whole new dimension of possibility. As with all D&D, you're given the tools to build what you want and it's up to you how you use them. I would say, though, Think carefully before adding psionics to your game, whether it works or not. It's very hard to remove once you've introduced it, and it will therefore change your game world forever. This week we also had some news about the D&D movie. There is a D&D movie happening, that's not speculation, and some of the Spider-Man movie writers will be directing it. Comicbook.com has a tip they're confident enough to share though, which is about the plot of the movie. They think the movie will be about a band of adventurers who have to go get the eye of Vecna. According to the tipster, the Forgotten Realms character, Dusk will also be involved as the leader of an order of knights. Dusk is a Forgotten Realms shape dragon. Vecna is a leash that became a god, and he's typically a Greyhawk villain, but has more recently appeared in Critical Role as the arch-enemy, the Whispering One. There is one last thing that leaps back to the Forgotten Realms, though. That's the Hand of Vecna, which is the artefact often found with the Eye of Vecna. Actor Joe Mangioli's D&D character, Arcan the Cruel, currently has the Hand of Vecna and in D&D canon is in Hell trying to use it to free Tiamat. WizKids will next year release Forgotten Realms miniature set featuring Arcan the Cruel, showing the Dragonborn with the Hand of Vecna and other characters from his Dark Order. All of a sudden, Vecna goes from being just a Greyhawk villain to one at the very centre of a lot of big-budget D&D properties. I'm reminded of Thanos. Marvel had movies about collecting Infinity Stones, which then resulted in that epic showdown. Will we have a series of games, like Baldur's Gate Computer Game and other adventures that feature artefacts of Vecna in the coming years? And will it all lead to a showdown with the Leash God? The last thing I want to mention about D&D on the podcast is that Geek Native has posted a character class word search. You know the thing, a square of letters in which words are hiding. In this case, those words are D&D classes. Yes, I know, this may have been a 1am on Friday night, or was it Saturday morning, too many glasses of brandy inspired idea, but it's been made and published. Batmom is not a D&D class, the rest is very easy. So that was my bad idea of the week, but at least I didn't spend over a million pounds on an MMO character and then lend that character to a friend. Someone in China did just that and then their so-called friend tried to sell the character back to them only to accidentally sell it to a stranger for less than 500 pounds. Ouch. Firstly, what a mean thing to do. Imagine ransoming a character that you'd been loaned. Secondly, You'll be pleased to know that the drama went legal, but the wise Chinese judge sorted it all out and without much courtroom faff. The original player has his million quid character back. The third player who bought a character for only £500, what a steal he must have thought he'd been making, has been paid compensation by the ex-friend for any inconvenience. And lastly, before we go, not all errors are bad ones. Due to a logistics mistake in my favour, I have an extra copy of Star Trek, the official guide to the animated series, and so I'm giving it away. To enter, just follow the link in the show notes, or search Geek Native for the guide, and tell me which your favourite Star Trek alien is. The competition concludes next week, and we'll try and beat the Christmas male chaos. Thanks for listening, let's catch up next week.